Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Broken Banquet, a podcast about missions. We are your hosts, Will Bailey and Dr. Ashley Goad, and we are so glad that you have joined us for another conversation about the church and missions, about what healthy mission relationships can look like, and as we hear from others who have dedicated their lives in one way or another to mission work. We're so glad you're here, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Will. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Keep going. I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> well, Will, welcome to the Broken Banquet, the Christmas podcast episode. Yay. <laughs> we thought it would be nice for our listeners to have just a little bit of a break from all of our interviews and just focus on Christmas. They might just need a break from us. That, um, true. Maybe we should have just had an interview without us, but but okay. Meh. Meh. Well, what I thought we could do today, what I thought we could do today is answer a few Christmas questions. All right. You know how I like a good top 10? Yes, I do know how you like a good top 10. Okay, here we go. Here we go. What is your favorite Christmas carol? So actually, I used to complain when I was growing up that one of the things I didn't like about Christmas was that it was the same songs every year. Like they should switch up the songs, you know, and my sister would always call me a Scrooge. And then, you know, I would just kind of huff in the corner. However, the little drummer boy is like, it makes me cry. Like there's a moment in that song when I picture this poor child recognizing that they have absolutely nothing materially to give to this baby, but then also recognizing that the baby doesn't need anything material from them and that the baby is also in a lot of ways poor, just like them and and feeling like I I can still come to the child in Mm. spite of my poverty. And I just, I can't like, I tried to, I learned it in Spanish and played it at a, like a Christmas party that we had a couple of years ago for our staff and could barely get through it. Like it just crushes me. So yeah, that's by far, that's the little drummer boy. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah. That was not the answer you thought you were going to get to that question, was it? (laughs) Not at all, because all I can think of when I think of the little drummer boy is the new meme that comes out uh, that's come out on like social media that says just what Mary needed after a long, intense night of labor (laughs) was a little drummer boy coming around. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But if you can see through the meme and actually (laughs) listen to the song, it's really deep. Yeah, right, right. Uh, my favorite is Oh Holy Night for the sole reason of the line that says, the soul felt its worth hmm. till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. And it gets me every time. Hmm. It reminds me of Life of the Beloved, Henry Nowen, that we are all beloved children of God. And when he appeared, that is when our soul could feel its worth. Oh, every time gets me. Good stuff. 
You know what I do think is funny is the the backlash currently. I don't know if this has always existed or not, but apparently people are, are uh, have decided that Mary Did You Know is the dumbest Christmas song ever because of course she knew she was told by the angel Gabriel exactly who her baby was going to be. It was not as none of what that song asks her if she knew was a surprise to her. Well, funny thing is that David Hobson, our minister of music, and I were just talking about this other day, and he said it is totally theologically correct because a carol, a song, is supposed to invite the listener in. And so it's inviting the listener in to have that type of conversation of, yes, she knew these things. Yes, Mary, did you know? Yes, she did. This is why. And so just like you went through, you were part of the Christmas Carol. So basically, it's like when I say to my daughter, do you know how much I love you? Of course she knows. It invites her into the conversation. Exactly. All right. I'm going to start a crusade to defend Mary, did you know, against all of the naysayers and meme writers uh, who are turning that song into a punching bag. Okay. Dr. Hobson, he'll be he'll be there with you. Great. Okay. Question number two. Favorite Christmas movie? Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. What? <laughs> yeah, no idea. It's a Jim Henson. They're like puppets. And it was the coolest when I was little – it was the you got to look for Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. It's fantastic. There's good guys, there's bad guys, there's rock music, there's snowmobiles. It's fantastic. Look for it. Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. It's Jim Henson. How can you go wrong with Jim Henson? Okay, sure. Anybody, any listeners out there, have you heard that? No. Watched it? Oh, nope. you're, you're going to be so surprised. This is a cult classic. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, well, every Christmas I have to watch Charlie Brown Christmas. I have to see Linus get up there and tell me the Christmas story and then drop his blanket in faith, knowing that he is secure because his savior has been born. I have to also watch White Christmas with Bing Crosby because, of course, White Christmas. I think Love Actually is a wonderful Christmas movie, but there are naked people in it, so maybe not. There are no naked people in Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Here we go. Next one. What's your favorite Christmas tradition? So I have a before and after answer to this question. Um, okay. Before moving to Costa Rica and after moving to Costa Rica. Before okay. moving to Costa Rica, my family would always go to Raleigh to watch the Christmas Carol. It's part of the was it the theater in the park or something. Anyway, they do it at the Raleigh Memorial Auditorium, and it's it's a wonderful production. And I grew up going to it from the time I was like ten until I moved to Costa Rica at twenty, whatever. And it's it's always sort of bittersweet for me around that time of year when my family starts posting pictures that they're all there together mm-hmm. and we're not. But that was definitely, that's when you knew. Once you had gone to see the Christmas Carol, it was officially Christmas time. In Costa Rica, it's a little different. And so now our favorite Christmas tradition is like going to the beach. I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's great. My favorite Christmas tradition is hands down, by far, Christmas Eve, candlelight service, no matter where I am. No matter where I am. It could be here. It could be North Carolina. It could be Las Vegas. It could be wherever. I will find a Christmas Eve candlelight service and go to it. And at the end, same Silent Night. That's what I was going to ask. If Do all of them end with Silent Night? 
yeah. been delightful. As far as I know, candles. That's how it should be. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right, number four, uh, most memorable Christmas gift as a kid. Uh, bicycle for sure. I got a white huffy BMX bike with blue tires that if you they didn't have handbrakes, it was the pedal brakes. And so me and all my friends had them too. And you would go as fast as you could and slam on brakes and skid out is what we call it. You'd skid out skid and out. leave a blue streak down the, you know, down the pavement. Um, that was probably so cool. the best. Yeah. My most memorable one, I was eight or nine years old and it was a theme. It was a North Carolina theme Christmas. And so all of my paraphernalia that I received that Christmas was Tar Heels, a trash can, a sweatshirt, all of that. It was great. A trash can for all of your Carolina stuff to go into. No, no, <laughs> no. Somewhere there is... I. I will say this, Will, that somewhere around this world, there is a picture of me vacuuming as a kid. I think it was on a beach retreat uh, with my youth group in a Duke sweatshirt. I would love to have a copy of that picture. Yeah. No. Okay. Great. All right. Uh, best gift you have ever given? Best gift you've ever given? Well, we've just had to decide last minute that we are going to North Carolina Um at Christmas this year, sort of just out of necessity. And so my family was promptly informed that their Christmas present from us this year was our presents, presents with a E-N-C-E at the end. Um, and so, I mean, I'm hoping that that will be the best present we've ever given because it's the only present they're getting this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nicely done. Nicely done. Okay. Mine's cheesy. You ready? One year, mm-hmm. I really, really liked a boy, and so I got him a globe and said, I didn't know what I could get you, so I decided to give you the world. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Cheese. Did, little little bit of cheese. Did there. you make that decision all by yourself, or I were th- you encouraged by someone that you thought was your friend? I don't remember anybody else being with me. I think it was just me. <laughs> uh, I wonder what that guy's up to these days. Um, let's see. Next one. Perfect white elephant gift. Do you know Do you know what white elephant is? Do you play that in, in Costa Rica? No. It's where you go to a party and everybody brings a wrapped gift. And then they, you put them into a circle and everybody then draws a number and you go in that order. And the first person that goes up picks a gift, unwraps it. The second person can either steal that gift or they could go unwrap a new present. And then that's how it keeps going. So the third person can either steal one of the first two gifts and then yada, yada. So is the idea to give something stupid that nobody wants or is it to give something really cool that you hope nobody takes from you? Either way. Either way. Mine... That I don't have an answer for this w- question, but go ahead. What's your answer to this question? For every year at a youth group Christmas party, we had a Talk to Me Jesus. It was like a magic eight ball, but it was a pink Jesus. And so oh that gosh. was, yeah. And so you brought it every year. And then, of course, somebody went home with it. But if you went home with it, you always had to bring it back to the white elephant gift the next year to pass it along. Hmm. So the, the answer me, Jesus. Okay. Interesting. 
We did have a, our youth group did gag gifts oh, yeah. at Christmas. And I remember one year I got uh, a tub of utter ointment and I didn't even know what utter ointment, like someone had to explain to me what utter ointment was. And uh, I've never forgotten. Hmm. Kind of like, like preparation H. It's something like that, except it's for, you know, cows, cows. who are chafed from <laughs> being milked. So it's utter ointment. You know? Right on. Yeah. Yay, broken banquet. Moving right along. What's next? Favorite Christmas food. I have two. One is uh, my mom and my aunt used to make uh, cream cheese braids. Mm. And... That was always breakfast on Christmas morning. And then we have a family friend who makes those fantastic like ham and cheese sliders on Hawaiian, King's Hawaiian bread, you know, yeah. like toasted. And so that's usually lunch um, on Christmas. So I'm actually going to make an attempt at making some of those this year here in Costa Rica. I found, believe it or not, King's Hawaiian bread. No so way. I'm going to give it that. Yeah. Oh. That'll be great. I've been trying to think about this, but I guess just the the ham, sweet potato casserole, some kind of pie. I love a pie. Mm. And a chocolate. I'm We're usually- having tres leches. <gasps> We're having tres leches instead of pie. Yeah. Ooh. Not really a Christmas dessert, but we can make it one. Oh, yeah. Christmas absolutely. tres leches. New tradition. Okay. So what are some of the traditions in Costa Rica? That was going to be the next one. Have you ever celebrated in a different country? Yeah. So Costa Rica is, you know, I mean, for them, it's normal. For me, it's strange. Um, the fact that it's hot, it doesn't feel like Christmas. So yeah, here's some backstory. So the rainy season in Costa Rica starts in March and ends in early December. So we'll get rain just about every day for an hour or two for eight months out of the year. So you can imagine by the end of the year, we are really ready for some dry weather. Mm-hmm. And I can remember my first winter here and we got up one morning, it was like the first week of December and it was beautiful blue skies. And by nine o'clock in the morning, it was already really hot and it stayed hot all day long. And, you know, that afternoon it was uh, still hot and Yolanda looked at me and she was like giddy. She's like, oh, it feels like Christmas. And I went, what? This doesn't feel at all like, this feels like the 4th of July. So, you know, Christmas is, it's hot and, you know, there's no sitting around a fireplace and drinking hot chocolate and hoping that the temperature will drop below 33 degrees so that it might snow. Cause in Rocky mountain, North Carolina, it is perpetually 33 degrees and raining. Right. It's torture. So Christmas here is it's hot and we go to the beach and we go to the farm and it's just a completely different feeling. Mm. We still spend time with family mm-hmm. and we go to church and we exchange gifts and that kind of stuff. The typical food, they do tamales, which is like, oh, I'll do a terrible job of describing it, but just believe me. But I mean, we cook out, like we grill out because it's hot and you can be outside. Mm-hmm. So that's our Christmas party for our staff this year at our house. I'm doing hamburgers and hot dogs. Like it's literally going to be like the 4th of July, but it's December 25th. We are fortunate that we alternate years. So we do one Christmas here with Yolanda's family. And then the next Christmas we do in North Carolina with my family. And so Isabella is growing up experiencing both of those things. And we're thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I, the only other place that I can think of that I've spent Christmas slash New Year's is Uganda. I, I was going to say Mexico, but I think I came home before Christmas time. And in Uganda, Christmas itself was not it was not big time, but New Year's Eve, like Christmas Eve was kind of just Christmas Eve, but New Year's Eve was like the big day. It was such a big day. So while I was there, we would every year, and I did this for about six years in a row, we would uh, buy a goat. So we would kill a goat and uh, we would roast the goat and that would be our big New Year's Christmas celebration food. Um, and then we would uh, have a couple of cakes to celebrate birthdays, Jesus' birthdays, that kind of thing. We would build a humongous bonfire. Because um, like you, well, it's on the equator where I would go there. And uh, it would be warmer. So like yours, but maybe not as warm as yours. Uh, and then we would bring in the New Year with lots of sparklers, fireworks. And we would... Uh, and in that time with praying. So we would pray in the new year and then shoot the fireworks. So it was kind of fun. Oh, yeah, fireworks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do lots of fireworks. You can mm-hmm. go to the hardware store here and basically buy the same fireworks that like the city of Shreveport puts together for their 4th of July celebration, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, what does Christmas Eve look like for you? Is it, do you all open presents on Christmas Eve or is it a one present on Christmas Eve or... Do you do nothing on Christmas Eve and everything happens on Christmas Day? Traditionally, we would, my sister and I, at some point we talked my mom into letting us open one present on Christmas Eve. Because we would go, I have an uncle whose birthday is on the 24th. So we would always go to their house, the whole family, aunts, uncles, cousins, everybody. We all go to celebrate Uncle Henry's birthday. And then from there we go to church for the candlelight service. And then we go home. And that was when my sister and I would open one of our presents. We could pick one present to open on Christmas Eve. And then everything else, we would get up early on Christmas Day mm-hmm. and open the rest of our presents. Yep. So we're we're sort of doing that still with Isabella. I'm not going to go off on a, you know, a rant about this at all, but we are really trying to sort of downsize the, that part of Christmas for mm-hmm. our family. And it's, you know, it's not because of any super, super deep, you know, ethical reasons or whatever. We've just decided that, uh, first of all, traditionally in Costa Rica, in um, Protestant evangelical families, gifts are left by baby Jesus, mm-hmm. not Santa Claus. So what we are doing is Isabella gets a gift from baby Jesus and she gets a gift from Santa Claus, and she gets a gift or two from mom and dad, and that's pretty much it. Awesome. Um, so we're you know we're not one of those families that has a living room full of presents, but we're also not you know railing against Christmas so that she grows up you know bitter about it. We're just trying to find some what we feel like is a healthy balance. So we're emphasizing the time that we're spending together at the farm and the time we're spending together with Yolanda's family or with my family. And, and of course, when we're back in the States on those years, there's cousins who are bringing Christmas presents and aunts and uncles. And so it's, it gets, it gets expanded a little bit, but still the focus is we try to make it on the time we're spending together, not the Mm -hmm. boxes we're unwrapping. Yeah. There's lots of folks that I've heard that do three presents. Um, 
you know, because the three wise men brought Jesus. So if Jesus only got three presents, then why do we get more? Um, and one's usually like an educational type present, like a book or something like that. One's like something mm-hmm. you really, really want. And then one's something like something you can use. And uh, I, I've heard people around here do do a lot of that. So, um, but Christmas Eve for me, uh, for the past 20 years, church. I'm at church for mm-hmm. about 12 hours. And uh, when I was in Virginia, <laughs> uh, we had four worship services, which was fantastic. And what I loved about that is our staff parish relation committee. They did appetizers between the first two services. They did dinner, like the main course during the second two services. And then they did dessert during the last two, between the last two services. So we, I think we had a five, seven, nine, and 11 service. And so we had appetizer between one, uh, dinner between one, and then dessert between one. And that was so nice. So did you have people, did you have people who would come for all five services so they could get all of the food? Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, it was for the staff. Like it was really sweet. It was for the pastors that were leading that. Uh, so, so staff parish relation came and did that for, uh, the staff that was leading uh, leading all the you know, I mean, if you invite people from the church to come for a five course meal and be like, you know, oh, but by the way, you also have to sit through <laughs> five worship services in order to get all the food. It might work. It was, it was just so nice. I, I loved how they took care of us. And then uh, here we had the three o'clock service, the five thirty service, and the seven thirty service. And it's my favorite worship service of the entire year, the Christmas candlelight service here in Shreveport. It's the most beautiful, wonderful. And you get to see so many people you haven't seen all year. <laughs> and uh, it's just the best day. And <laughs> I usually, oh, well, no. And, uh, but I, you get to see people you haven't seen for a while. And a lot of people, their tradition on Christmas Eve is they'll leave this. And we have these drive-through daiquiri stations all throughout Shreveport. I think it's a Louisiana thing. And eggnog daiquiris are like the thing. So people will go pick up eggnog daiquiris and go look at Christmas lights. And that's part of the traditions here. Again, Broken Banquet Podcast. Yeah good mm-hmm. yeah right. welcome back to the broken banquet <laughs> um yeah you know one of the things that i definitely miss by being here and not being in the states is um part of sort of protestant evangelical identity here in this part of the world in a lot of ways is defined by not being Roman Catholic. Mm, And so mm -hmm. there are a lot of things that because they appear to be Roman Catholic, Protestant evangelicals, they're not part of worship here. So it's very what a lot of people call low church and not much liturgy. Um, I remember mentioning to someone here one time the liturgical calendar and their response was, where can I buy one of those? it's that foreign a concept mm-hmm. that there's actually there's you know there's this historical religious calendar that sort of moves us from season to season yeah. and that's just not part of she's not on their radar and um it makes me you know i miss things like lent mm-hmm. and i miss things like advent the way mm-hmm. that we are prepared for these special days by this process that we go through you know in the weeks prior and then after and that sort of thing mm-hmm. um i really miss that and so here it's some churches will have a what they call a vigil a christmas eve vigil mm-hmm. and and um, some of them will do it on on new year's eve they'll have a vigil mm-hmm. i think mostly that's just to try and keep church members from going out and partying all night 
so they, they offer an alternative, uh, sort of like a trunk or treat. So people don't go trick or treating. Right. Um, that's one of the things that I miss as, as much as I love the church here and, and what churches is like here. I definitely miss that part. Well, you know, and Christmas this year fell on a Sunday. So, um, one of our pastors had one of our Christmas Eve services, and then our senior pastor had two of our Christmas Eve services. So that meant I got Christmas Day service and talked about shepherds and just had the best time. And one of the things I love about First United Methodist Church in Shreveport is that every Christmas we host a love feast for any community members that want to come. Um, so if you're alone, mm-hmm. if you don't have a house, if you... Um, have an entire family and want to come, everybody's invited for the love feast. And so uh, we left our church worship service at 10 o'clock and all walked over to our fellowship hall and the love feast was happening as per normal. And it was an even bigger, better celebration this year. It felt like just because so many people uh, were here. So that was really, really nice. All right. Last one. Last one. You ready? Number 10, number 10. Mm-hmm. And then I have two more questions. <laughs> All right. Number 10, most memorable Christmas. I'll go first. Go first. Okay. It was the year, oh gosh, 2001, 2002. Yeah. Okay. And I had come back from serving in Mexico City and I hadn't been feeling good, just had not been feeling good. But we had our pizza dinner. My mom and I used to always have pizza on Christmas Eve, and then we would go to church together. So we got to church, and man, I was not feeling good. And right when that silent night came around, oh, it just was not good. That poor church, they will never forget that night. And so my mom took me home. And so at about three o'clock in the morning, I woke up my mom and I was like, I think we got to go to the hospital all of Christmas day in the hospital, getting IV fluids and trying to get rid of a parasite that I named Pablo because Pablo parasite. Um, But uh, that's what I brought back for Christmas from Mexico. I'm not sure how to even follow that with my most memorable Christmas. (laughs) Actually, mine was probably not that long ago. It was probably the first Christmas that Isabella, our daughter, like could enjoy, like got it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And be excited about it. And um, I think it was a Christmas that we were in the States. And so of course there's just Christmas, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And she was just so excited. She got to decorate with grandma and make Christmas cookies with grandma and open presents. And it was just sort of, it was exactly what you want it to be for a kid. And that was pretty, I think for Yolanda and I both kind of as a family to be able to, to give that to her was pretty memorable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yours is much better than mine. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, Will, we have so much to be thankful for this year. This is our last episode of the Broken Banquet in 2022. And at the beginning of this year, did you ever dream that this was going to be possible? Did you ever dream that we would have the number one podcast in New Zealand? Religious podcast in New Zealand? <laughs> I, I did not. That definitely was not something I had ever dreamed of. Um, but yes, you're right. We do have an awful lot to be thankful for. Is there one moment in particular that stands out to you that makes 2022 memorable? Reflecting on the year? Having teams back in Costa Rica with us again after 
two and a half years of not seeing people. That was pretty big, pretty big for us. The retreat with the other missionary families uh, that are also partners with you guys, that was certainly a highlight, not just of the year. I mean, that was like a trip of a lifetime. So those are, yeah, it, it, 2022 is a good year for us. There's mm-hmm. a lot of good stuff. It hasn't, not everything has been easy, but it's been a good year. So very thankful. Yeah. Big reflections on my end too. My my husband's two kids both got married, one in April and one in December, just a couple of weeks ago. And those were big celebrations. And uh, the trip to Spain that I got to go see Jessica and we went to a monastery one day and I went to my first Barcelona football game and it was fantastic. Um, spending time with you and Yolanda down in Costa Rica. and But earlier today, I was sitting around the table thinking about this and I don't think I will ever forget July 12th, 2022 for as long as I live. And that was the night that we all sat in Tuscany, Italy. And it was our first night that we sat around the table outside. And I looked around the table and saw each of your faces. And there was a couple, a little bit of Romanian going on over here and a little bit of Spanish going on over here and a little bit of other language going on over here. And then looking around the table at each of your faces and just knowing how much I love you and how God had put this together, it really did make me feel like we were sitting at the banquet table in heaven. And I get chills every time I think about it. And whenever I return to that memory, I am so very thankful for you and for all of the people that we love so much and ultimately to Christ for putting this together because... It's just incredible. Yeah, it was not a Christmas gift, but it was a gift that we are so, so thankful for. Mm-hmm. Ooh, got a little teary-eyed there, Will. All right, all right. <laughs> Last question for you of the day. Okay. I don't make New Year's resolutions. I just usually think of a word, a word that will bring me into the next year. Something that you're so hopeful for in 2023, is there a word, is there a phrase, is there a resolution, is there something that you are so excited for? I'm going to say the lottery. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be my focus for 2023 is winning the lottery. Okay. Um, I won the lottery with your friendship, Will. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. I mean, I don't know how to make it concise. Like, I feel like we're growing into some some new things that have the potential to be really, really good. I don't want to screw it up. So maybe that's, I don't, I don't know how you, what do you call that? <laughs> but wisdom. I'm excited. Yeah, wisdom for sure. I'm excited for the plans that we're making for this ministry and for new things outside of this ministry too. I'm excited to see what's going to happen with this podcast. I mean, we've gotten through a whole bunch of interviews with, I think the people who right off the bat, we were like, all right, these are the people we want to talk to. And now we're in a space of trying to decide, is there something here? And are there more people that we want to reach out to? And and that's an exciting process to be going through. So I'm just excited. I'm always excited about whatever's happening next, you know? Yeah. One thing that you've taught me, Will, over the last couple of months as we've done this is uh, that I need to work on my curiosity. I often say that you're the better interviewer because I think you're just a naturally curious person. I'm the type A, 
get things done, organized, task-oriented person, and I want to develop my curiosity. So my, my little phrase that I've got going into 2023 is to be curious. Be curious. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. So you work on your curiosity and I'll try to get organized. Okay, great. I made you a calendar. <laughs> Thank you. Well, friends, it has been a pleasure to walk through the latter part of this year with you. We hope that you had a very Merry Christmas, and we wish you all the best in 2023 and all of the years to come. So thank you for listening to us. Thank you for listening with us. Thank you for loving the people that we love, and thank you for giving us the opportunity to introduce you to tons of our friends. So we've enjoyed the journey. That was great, Ashley. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Will. Feliz Navidad. Do, 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 Feliz Navidad. Do, 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 Feliz Navidad. Join us in 2023 for all new episodes of The Broken Banquet starting on January 2nd. Bye, Ashley. Bye, Will. You've been listening to The Broken Banquet, a podcast by Will Bailey and Ashley Goad. Music provided by Irene and the Sleepers. Join us next week for another episode. He's prepared the table. All things are ready. Come to the feast. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Will. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad, do 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 do. Feliz Navidad, do 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 do. Your dogs yeah, are singing knows, along with me. <laughs> nobody knows the rest, though. Prospero año y felicidad. Ba 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 ba. Okay. Well, welcome to the Broken Banquet, the Christmas episode. Yay! We decided that. Because, okay, you want to wait for the dogs? <laughs> There's no, because it'll never happen. Bob is just super excited about our Christmas episode. Okay, sure. Sure. I thought maybe my singing was making him super happy. So I'm maybe the only just one misses that misses me. Singing. Oh, no. right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, can we just happy. Can we just start all over? Sure. <laughs> Potentially. Have you looked at the Apple's like the stats anymore? I mean, I look at the ones on the RSS page, but have you looked at any of that since the first week? No, Are not we really. Still number one in New Zealand. No, I think we dropped a two. Oh, what? Who could possibly be better at this than us in New Zealand? I have no we idea. We need to find out. We need to find okay. out who that is and listen to it, see what their secret sauce is. <laughs> All right.